Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. Hello, everybody. Today, we are talking with Tracy Osborne, who is a six figure VA and is known as entrepreneur's secret weapon because she pretty much knows her stuff when it comes to the virtual assistant industry because she's been doing this for like a decade and now she coaches y'all how to use your skills that you already have to create a money-making machine working from home. She also has a book called Becoming a VA, The Key to Unlocking the Virtual Assistant Industry and she's a speaker and has a podcast called Coffee with Tracy. So you guys should really buckle in because what Tracy knows is a lot and it's going to blow your mind. Inside this episode, we go over the exact systems she used to get her business off the ground from the very beginning, how she was able to leave her full-time job, which by the way, she was a vice president of the company. Um, She left her job in 60 days started her VA business, and was off to the races. Over the years, she developed her skills, invested in herself, and we talk about how she was able to build relationships and eventually build an agency model where she brought on other VAs inside her own business so she could grow and scale. I'm so pumped for you to learn from Tracy and hear all about it. Hey, uh, today on the show, we have Tracy Osborne. It's so great to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I hear you run a pretty legit VA business. And I know that there's a lot of people in our audience who are interested in diving into that. But they're just really not sure where to start. The The idea sounds enticing to them. They're open to that type of work. But 
figuring out how to get clients or manage that type of business is just really overwhelming to them. So I think we should start at the beginning. Normally, we don't go into the journey, but I think with you, it makes a lot of sense. So tell us a little bit about how you jump started your VA business. So I was actually working as the vice president of a finance company. I was working, you know, 80 hours a week easily. Uh, I was never home. I had I had kids at home that I never got to see. And I, I the money just wasn't worth it. You know, I live outside Atlanta, so I get stuck in traffic a lot. If you miss miss the window of opportunity, you get stuck in rush hour traffic. And, you know, it can take anywhere from an hour to three hours or more to get home sometimes. And it's just crazy. So I was talking to a friend of mine one day who is a Fortune 500 C-level executive coach. And I, I was whining about everything. I was I, I hated my job. I was whining about my job. I, you know, my boss drove me nuts. And... I never got to see my kids and all that. So I was, you know, I was just kind of letting her have it. And she said, look, your strength is, is seriously administrative. You're always asking people, how can I help you? You're helping them with their own projects and not getting paid for it. You started this fabulous newsletter. I I had started a newsletter that I had other people contribute in the industry and they would write articles and send it to me and I would put it out and, you know, and send it to our list and everything. And, and she's like, you know, you started all this and you really need to look into being a virtual assistant. And this was almost 10 years ago when there's nothing about virtual assistant out there. There was like nothing. So we talked about it a little bit more. I went home. This was on a Saturday. I went home and did more research as much as I could figure out anyway. I built probably the most hideous website you've ever seen. <laughs> and by Monday, my business was launched. That's you know, my kind of girl. Right? I like I, it. It's it's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just kind of one of those. I just jump in and then figure it out. I it drives my coach crazy, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, you know I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how much I, to charge people. I I didn't know what kind of work I needed to do, and there wasn't really anywhere I could go. There was no Facebook groups where I could go and get advice, you know, nothing like that. So I had to kind of just figure it out on my own as I went, and so I just started offering some simple services in in talking to a lot of people I used to network heavily in Atlanta. So I just started telling some people that I knew would help spread the word what I was doing. And, you know, within two months, I was able to give notice at my job and and leave my job. And I've been doing it full time ever since. But it it was a lot of trial and error. In the beginning, I I did like personal assistance. I, I ran errands. And, you know, I remember sitting on this woman's patio, covering her patio chairs with vinyl plastic so that the cushions wouldn't get ruined during the winter going, this is not what I left. <laughs> this is not right. No, this is not it. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of tr- changes I had to make and as I stumbled along the, the beginning path there. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's good to say because yes. I think so many people are like, I want to do this thing. And they're so worried that it has to be perfect right out of the gate. And you were willing to do whatever it took to get home and Mm -hmm. get with your kids, even if that meant doing odd jobs that were probably well below, like, like your thought level, like, like you were way more capable. (laughs) Yeah, you're way more capable than that. But you were willing to do it to get paid to make this business work. 
Right. So, and to figure it out, you know, you're yeah. not going to know if you like or don't like something until you actually try it. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there were things I had to do that I had to figure out. I learned very quickly. Um, I will never code cold call again. Absolutely mm-hmm. hated that. You know, so there's there's things that I had to figure out that I liked. I didn't like I was good at. And that's, you know, the things I was really good at. That's where I focused. Yeah, I love that you took, and this is what we help our audience with all the time of like finding your MVP, right? So take what your friends are saying that you're really good at, branch out from that and do, I mean, I know like cutting patio furniture is not admin work, but it's like getting some, getting outside of where you were just to try something to, okay, yes, no, let, let me keep going down this path or let me completely avoid that. And I feel like so many people just have that end goal in mind of, mm-hmm. of that big shiny object of what they want to be doing and realizing that it takes baby steps to get there for sure. Did you, I love it. Did you even really know where you wanted to go other than being home? Like, did you have like, uh, I like this type of administrative work in mind? I, I had no plan. I had yeah. absolutely no plan. I, I just knew that I needed to be home. You know, I wanted to be home with the kids that, it was just costing us more money than it was worth for me to be outside yeah. working, but we needed the extra income. Mm-hmm. Um, so go so yeah, over I, I had that, no, no plan. Go over that two months then with me. So if you, if you're like, okay, yeah, friend, I'm going to do this thing. Okay. No, I have no plan, but two months is a short time from when you were able to put in your notice. So what happened in 60 days? So because I was so heavily networked, it was easy for me to get clients in the beginning. And I got, you know, I had local clients, but then again, it was, it was things like I went to one woman's office to file her paperwork using paper tiger system. Uh, I went to another one's office to literally sit in her office while she worked to get stuff done because she wouldn't do things without somebody there holding her accountable. You know, so, I mean, it was stuff like that, but it was, it was getting me started. It was helping me figure things out. I was starting to learn some things. You know, I'd start getting on new clients that were starting to teach me some of the technical stuff I needed to learn. So it it just because I was I was so heavily networked and so well known in Atlanta, it was just easier for me to go ahead and and hurry up and replace my income, even though it was it was with stuff I didn't want to do and it it kind of sucked. But it replaced the income. I you know I so I wasn't tied to a nine to five anymore. And I was able to just kind of start figure what I like to do and what I didn't like to do. And then I just, those clients that I I didn't want to continue with, I just slowly started replacing them. Yep. Love it. So I know your, your journey to six figures didn't start obviously there and, and that there was almost like a really big aha moment and pivot before you were like, shit, shit, I need to kind of restructure some stuff if, if I want this thing to be bigger than what it is right now. So Talk to me a little bit about that pivot and that aha moment that you went through. There's been a lot of those <laughs> over the years. So for the for the majority of the business, I was I was with my ex-husband. He was making a lot of money. So I, I didn't have to worry about making too much money. The little bit that I made just helped supplement and it was all good. But then in 2012, my best friend was killed in, oh a, in a one car or a single car accident. And, and it threw me into a massive depression. We had just started a, an animal rescue business together the month before. So uh. I threw everything I had into the rescue. And at, at one point I had over 30 dogs and cats in my house oh, that I was, you know, that I was taking care of and trying to find homes for. I had puppies, I had pit bulls, I had, you know, dogs that couldn't walk. I, I had all the ones that people didn't want. 
Um, and I, I might just. <laughs> <laughs> I almost completely shut my, almost completely lost my business, really, because I, I was, I had so much to do with all these animals that I, I couldn't focus on the work. And then about, you know, it took me probably about six months or so before I finally started coming out of this depression. And it was, okay, you know, what do I really need to do? Number one, I really don't want to be in this marriage anymore. You know, we're, we're just roommates. I don't love him anymore. I'm just here for the kids and financial security and whatever. You know, I, I was forced to shut down the rescue because I hadn't been able to go through and get my nonprofit and get licensed and all that kind of stuff. So animal control forced me to shut down the rescue. and. So that kind of opened me up to, okay, well, where am I going to go now? So I ended the marriage and now all of a sudden I am the sole support of me and, and my kids and now my new husband. And it was like, okay, I, I either need to figure this out and get my button gear or I need to go get a job. And I definitely don't want to go get a job. Um, after you've been an entrepreneur for that long, the last thing you want to do is go back to a nine to five. So I, I had to start figuring it out. And you know, 2013 was probably my worst year ever, other than maybe the first year I, I was in business. I, I made like $15,000 that year, but it was okay. It was a transition period for me. You know, after that, I, I, I made more money than I ever did in any of the years prior because I was, I was able to start kind of figuring it out. But the thing that really helped me after I was like, okay, this, you know, I, I need to get serious about this was I got a coach and I couldn't afford the coach, but I couldn't afford not to have a coach. Uh, kind of like where I'm at right now. I, I just hired a, a business manager. Can't afford one, but I need one. You know, and she was able to help me get clear and get a path and, and a plan and maneuver through some of the crap that I had to deal with emotionally, mentally, with my business, with my personal life, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, after working with her for a few months, I, I was back on track. And, and that was kind of a, a huge pivotal moment for me. And I started building a multi-VA team after that. And once I had that team built, that's when things really, really changed and the money really started coming in and I was able to break the six figures. That and I started specializing what I did personally. So while my team might have been doing the newsletters and the grunt work and stuff, I had my specialties, which were high ticket items. And so doing that really allowed me to to just skyrocket my business. So, so talk to me about the bringing on other people to kind of build an agency type model. I think a lot of people are scared when they're in a service-based industry. They're like, I want it to just be me forever. <laughs> but y'all, if you don't know this, you reach a point where you run out of time and there mm -hmm. your business plateaus and unless mm -hmm. you do something different, you can't, you just can't change it. And so talk to me about what you had to do to kind of make room for that massive change in the way your business works. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for one, it, it is totally mindset. It, you know, trying to go it alone, like you said, you can only go so far before you just kind of hit the wall. And people who want to stay in that position, that's fine. If, if that's, you know, you only want to go this far, you, you don't want to build a huge business, whatever. It's kind of a hobby job for you. That's fine, you know. Mm -hmm. But those who really want to make something of it, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't until I brought on the team that I really started bringing in the money because I didn't have to do everything myself anymore. I had people who their strengths and their skills surpassed mine in, in areas and they could do things faster. They could do things better. So 
you no longer have a cap on clients. You know, it's, I could handle maybe 10 clients by myself. Whereas with a team, I had 30, 40 clients, right? But the biggest shift was I had, the first thing I had to do was raise my rates. Because if I was, you know, at that point, I think I was still charging like $35 an hour, $40 an hour, and I'm paying my team $20, $25 an hour. So there's no profit margin there, very little. Mm -hmm. By the time you figure out taxes, overhead, all that stuff. So, you know, I definitely had to raise my rates as quickly as possible and and then start figuring out the packages and, and that kind of thing. So that was kind of the biggest thing. But the other thing that you have to really think about with a team is that somebody has to manage the team. Somebody's got to manage them, make sure that they're yeah. doing what they're supposed to do, make sure the tasks are getting done, check the work, talk to the clients, send it over Which to the client. Which is a job. It's, it's a full-time <laughs> job. And I tried for, you know, a, a while, I tried, you know, hiring a couple different project managers to kind of help manage that. And, but, you know, I could only, my budget was, was so small at that point that I, I you know, I, I was like, okay, I can only hire you for like 10, 15 hours a month. And that's really a 10, 15 hour a week job. So I, I kind of ended up having to scale back on that, on the team and kind of rethink my direction, especially as I started going into coaching. It's, but, I'll tell you, even, even though we've switched from the service-based model to a passive income-based model mm -hmm. with the team, it doesn't change. You, you still have to manage. And Emily... I don't know how she managed to do this, but she decided to take the whole back seat on this approach. And so I ended up managing the team and we went from two to like 15 people in like six months. And I was like, dude, I literally don't have room to do anything else. All I'm doing is shuffling these 15 people around all yep. day long every single day and she'll be like what do you do today and i'm like i i don't know i'm not I sure i don't know what i did today. <laughs> I don't have a clue. yeah absolutely absolutely so i f i feel you on that it's it's crazy talk to me a little bit about how you were able to invest in yourself and really continue to grow that model that you know that one's hard because when, especially when you have a tight budget, the last thing you want to do is fork out extra money on mm -hmm. courses, coaches, trainings, whatever. But the reality is, unless you, you know, unless you want to just stay in one spot again, you know, come up against that wall and just stay there. If you're going to grow, if you're going to evolve, if your business is going to scale, you have to invest in yourself. And so, you know, I made the decision. I was like, okay. I need to talk to somebody and work with somebody who has done what I want to do. I, you know, somebody who's already built out the, a multi VA team and knows how this works. Uh, you know, I've talked to a couple of coaches prior to that and they didn't really know how to build a multi VA team because they never worked with anybody who had done that. So I found somebody who had done what I wanted to do and she had her own six figure operation. And that was the start. After that, I, I've invested in some courses. You know, up until then, I, I'd only invested in very small dollar courses every now and then and, and did a lot of the free stuff. And you can learn a lot with that. But then as I wanted to specialize, it was I need to learn more about how to do proper launches and I need to do, you know, learn about high dollar packages and I need to learn about this, that, and the okay. other thing. So, you know, you kind of had to start taking some courses. I wanted to learn how to be an OBM. So I took the course on how to be an online business manager. And there, you know, it's, it's an investment in yourself 
it's an investment in your business and it's an investment in your future. So while it may kind of hurt the, the checkbook in the short run, in the long run, it's going to make you far more than what you actually pay for the actual course mm -hmm. or the training or the coaching or whatever it is. And so it's, it's just kind of one of those, okay, I just, I have no choice. I don't know where the money is going to come from, but I have to trust that the money is going to come back to me if I take it and invest in this, whatever it is. Yeah. Talk to me about what it looks like now as a multi-VA team of how did you have to restructure your offerings and, and kind of how you work with clients now that you like, you have other members on your team who do some of that stuff. So I know that you said that what you were charging is more the premium service, but is that, is that like obvious on your website of who they're working with as uh, on your team or is it just you as the kind of umbrella? Like, what does that look like? So the way I have it structured is I'm, I'm the point of contact It's either me or it will be my, my OBM as the point of contact. And, and then we figure out who the proper team member is to handle whatever needs to be done. At this particular moment, I only offer three main services. I offer my online business management. I build telesummits and I manage podcasts. Those are my personal three specialties. And so when I decided to restructure my business towards the end of last year um, and then start the coaching side, I really only wanted to focus on the stuff that I like to do and the stuff that mm -hmm. I was really good at and not just the general VA stuff anymore. Because the, with a, a multi-VA team, unless you really want to scale a large scale team, it, it's hard to make a, you know, a lot of good money with a large scale team the way I was wanting to do it. And so I, I just decided I just want to offer, you know, the things that I just want to offer. And so that's pretty much what we do now. So I, I do have a few clients where we still have just the regular VA stuff because they're long-term clients and, and mm -hmm. they pay well and I haven't gotten rid of them. But so, yeah, for me, it, it is just they come to me and then I figure out who's going to do the work. So I think having a specialty really makes a lot of sense and really differentiates your services. I, I think when I see VAs advertise, so many times it's like, I can do your email and I can do this and I can do that and I can do uh -huh. this. And they end up in the same bucket as like a lot Everybody of else. designers where yeah. they, where designers tend to have the same habits where they're like, I can design anything for you. And it's like, if you just really focus on a couple key areas, it's so much easier to recommend someone because then you're just like, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know VAs, but I don't know a VA necessarily for, for you, right. you know? And so if I know you have a specialty, I'm way more likely to send someone your way because I'm like, oh no, she only does these three things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And, sure. and also that with a specialty is the more you specialize, the more you can charge. So, yeah. you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. So I charge quite a bit for my OBM rates because I know so much about building an online business. I know a lot about funnels. I know a lot about launches and, and, and I can help with create those strategies and all of that. So I bring so much to the table with my skill set and my experience that I can command those higher prices. And the same with mm -hmm. the telesummits. I've done over 20 telesummits. So I know the process. I know what works. I know what doesn't. And, and I know, you know how, to, how to make everything happen. So I am able to command the higher prices for, for building a telesummit for somebody. And you know, so when you specialize, it, it, because that is the only thing you do. That's the only thing you study. That's the only thing you, you know. You can command those higher rates. And that's what really so, is going to help you get over that. 
I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important, I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'd love to hear about since you have been doing this for over 10 years now. And when you started, you said, you know, there weren't the Facebook groups where you could just post up that like, hey, I'm a VA. And so you had to go out and network and you had to build your clientele that way. How are you using social media channels now to stand out? Like now that there are so many Facebook groups or so many Pinterest boards or whatever shouting out about VAs, like what is your strategy now since you've been kind of seeing how it's changed over the years of how to get clients and get in front of people? Right. So the first year, 2008, after I started working from home, I stopped news. I, I stopped networking altogether. Um, it was just too ter- too too difficult to try and go out to networking events. So I took to Twitter, and that was back when you actually had conversations on Twitter, and and that's what I did. I literally I would spend hours a day, you know, during the day, at night, whatever, when I'm watching TV, just trolling on Twitter, talking to people and building those relationships. And that's how I grew my business for the first couple of years was from Twitter. Um, that's amazing. Now, I, now I, I spend most of my time on Facebook. And again, doing the same thing. I'm in the groups, but I'm not just in there saying, hey, I'm a VA, hire me. It's I'm answering questions. I'm offering advice. I'm you know, tagging other people. If somebody says, hey, who do you know that can do this? I'm tagging people that, that I know would be great for that position. And, and so, and people are seeing that. Mm-hmm. So when they come to me, they're like, Hey, I've been seeing you all over this group. You know, I looked at your website it, 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 you have everything that I need or, you know, and, and I get a lot from referrals as well. 
at this point in time. But yeah, so that's how I'm using social media to, to kind of stand out. And that's what I teach is if you're going to use social media, you can't just go into a group and say, hey, I'm a VA, I can, I can manage your email and send out your newsletters for you, hire me. It's number one, it's against most group policies. And number two, it's just scammy and, <laughs> and, and nobody likes that. You know, you might catch some low hanging fruit, but you're not going to get the really good clients that way. You have to create that no like and trust factor. And that it, it takes time. It's not an overnight thing building your VA business through social media. It really isn't. So on the side, you know, I tell people, tell everybody you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the guy standing behind you at the grocery store. You know, you, you never know who or where your next referral is going to come from. So you just have to make sure you really start telling everybody what it is that you're doing and how you can help people and who you're looking for. But in the in the Facebook groups, in the social media, Twitter, whatever it is, again, it has to be about engagement. It has to be about value. People don't want to be sold, but they want they, they want to buy. And yeah. they're they're not buying time, they're buying value. And that's the, the yeah. big difference between getting the low dollar clients and the high dollar clients. The low dollar clients are trading dollar for hour. And they, you know, and they're very focused on time. Whereas the high dollar clients they're focused on the value. What value are mm-hmm. you going to bring to my business? What pain are you going to solve for me? You know, what is keeping me up at night and you, that you can fix and, and let me sleep again? And you have to be able to kind of prove that when you're engaging in the groups, whether it's just asking questions, putting up pieces of advice, answering other people. I mean, I'll answer people about things that have absolutely nothing to do with my business. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I got a client one time because I posted a recipe for, I think it was like tomato and chickpea soup or something, you know, so <laughs> you, you just, you know, but it built that connection. We started talking and then they hired me. So yep. you just, you have to really be engaging and not salesy at all. Well, and it's the same concept when you were networking, you don't just immediately introduce yourself and say like, here are my rates and here's how you can hire me. And even in that sense of we all know everyone's just networking in the group and it's fine. Start a freaking conversation, Mm -hmm. like find a connection between the two of you. A, do you even like get along with each other? If you're just wanting to like bill and invoice and get paid just from people who you can't even connect with. I mean, I guess that could work, but not very well. Build not very well and not for a long time. So build this relationship. We always tell our people like come into the groups literally without the intention whatsoever to get a client Mm -hmm. and you will end with one every time. Exactly. Exactly. And the same with networking. I used to teach networking as well. And it's the exact same thing. You know, I I used to call those people verbal pukers that they just come in and they just, they just, (laughs) just as she's taking a drink of her coffee, they just come in and they just puke all over you. This is what I do. And this is who I, you know, and this is how I can help your business. And I can, and and you just want to take a shower afterwards, right? You don't want to be that person that the sleazy used car salesman, you don't want to be that person. And when you go into a group and that's exactly what you start doing, that's exactly what you are. You're that sleazy used car salesman and everybody just, nobody wants to be around you. So yeah, you want to be the listener, you know, the one who listens. Yeah. Go ahead. If we weren't, uh, if we weren't friends before we're friends now, (laughs) (laughs) verbal puking. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to change gears a little bit because I want to talk a little bit about how the team actually runs at this point. So 
I know at one point in your business, you had 19 people on your team Mm -hmm. and almost 50 clients. Mm -hmm. And at this point, it's a little bit smaller, but you've restructured. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about your the team and how like what are you actually working on how are you managing day to day what do you do every day well, Tracy? No, <laughs> no, i don't know i think i i think you ask me at the end of I the think, day what i've done i'm like i don't know um, i don't know uh yeah i guess i'm just curious like as you grow, as you've yeah. been able to bring on these people, mm-hmm. what are the aspects of your business that you know you have to stay focused on sure. and what are the ones that you know you can delegate? So I'm I'm getting to the point and I'm I'm like a lot of my clients where I have control issues. So I tend to oh, still, yeah. you know, do too much work myself and and then also if welcome I, if, to being an entrepreneur, I know, right? And then, yeah. and then I go through these phases where, gosh, you know, this is hit, this is hit. Now I'm feeling kind of broke. So I'm going to do some of this work. So I don't have to pay somebody. And I have to, you know, I, I'm at the point where I've got to stop doing that because I can't focus on the stuff that I have to do when I'm doing the stuff that I'm supposed to be delegating. So, yeah. you know, updating, updating my website, setting out newsletters, you know, just all of that kind of stuff that I really don't need to be doing, I have to just kind of force myself to delegate at this point. You know, a lot of times I'll be like, well, it take me like two seconds to go do this. But you know, in that two seconds, I could have shot off an email to a, a prospect or, you know, something like that. So I have to, you have to look at that trade off. I, I, and that's why I just brought on my business manager who now her job is to number one, make sure I am not doing the task work. And number two, manage the team and make sure the team is doing what they're supposed to do. That's, that's her job and help me to, you know, kind of grow my business. And so because we've, we've kind of switched the gears, you know, things do look a little bit differently. Now it's not just, you know, how many clients can we bring on? And I was, you know, at that, at that point I was constantly bringing on new clients. It was super easy. I was, you know, I was well known. I was constantly getting referrals for VA work and stuff. And so it was, it was really easy to scale. And if if somebody needed something done and nobody on my team knew how to do it, I would just went and hired somebody. You know, it was very simple. It's like, okay, I'll just go find someone to do that for me. So, <laughs> you know, it's and you know, it's still kind of along the same concept. If if I need somebody with on support, nobody knows on my team knows how to use it, I'll just go find somebody who knows how to use it. But at, at this point, with the with the new direction, I I've totally downscaled my team. I think I'm at 10 people think I have to count nine or 10, somewhere around there. <laughs> Sorry for forgetting anyone. Yeah. I right. fail you on that. Same However way. many people are on my team, I have a team. And then, um, <laughs> and then, you know, it's just a matter of, okay, so what is on my plate? What is the stuff that I am doing every day that I, I can really get off my plate? And I have to keep looking at that almost on a daily basis. What is on my task list? Is there anything on my plate that I can actually get rid of? Um, I just did that mm-hmm. this morning. I just hired a new VA and I'm like, you know, my, my OBM was, well, you know, can we start sending your stuff right away? What do you have? And I'm looking at my to-do list going, oh, crap, I'll send her this, I'll send her this, I'll send her this, you know, and all of a sudden half my day was gone and I could spend it on awesome. my OBM clients that I have to really focus my time on. Or I have some some programs I'm in the middle of creating. You know, I'm trying to create an Infusionsoft course. I need to create, you know, I, I have to record all those videos. I can't delegate that. I can't delegate this podcast interview, Right. So by getting all that stuff off my plate, it frees up my time and my energy and my focus to be able to do the stuff that as a CEO of a company, only I can do. You know, you're not going to yep. see the CEO of Walmart manning a, a check 
cash register, right? Right. And so you you just have to kind of think the same thing. Is you're the CEO of your company, whether it's you know you're one person or ten people or thirty people, you're still the CEO. You're the one that's running the show. And so if you're a CEO, is sending out your newsletter something a CEO would do? No. Is whatever is whatever it is, you know, something that a CEO is really going to do for your company. And if not, then delegate it because you. I think that's the hardest. That's the hardest thing for us to truly know, because when, especially for our brand, when, when we had become such a part of our brand and our business, our business is our identity and it's us showing up and it's our personality. That line is really blurred for us. And I know for a lot of our people and, and it was just today, actually earlier where we let go of some of our emails, like literally writing some of them and like helping us restructure the words And that for the longest time has been like, no, that's our thing. We can be the only people that do that. And so I think almost every month we're having a new conversation with ourselves of like, do we truly need to be the ones doing this? Is this what's like up leveling the business or is this something that someone else can come in and and do for us? And it's hard. It's it's really hard. It's very hard. I mean, if it's your baby, if I can get it. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. But if I could get it to the point where I just have to show up and look cute occasionally, like <laughs> which we do really well apparently today. <laughs> we have, for the record, we have no makeup on, no. and I have wet hair. Yeah, I smell like a bonfire, you guys. Fun. <laughs> Good thing you. we don't have smell vision in the podcast for sure. For sure. No. So I think though it's hard and no one else can really tell you this. Like maybe having a coach would help in that instance or, or a business manager of, of truly like, is this a task for, for Emily? Is this a task for Abigail or is it something that you can actually hand off? But it's not the fact I think, and honestly, it's not the fact that we don't want to let it go. Most of the time we're like, I would be more than happy for someone to do this, but like literally how, (laughs) how does that work? So, and and a lot of it is, a lot of it is nobody can do this better than me. Nobody can write yeah, oh, yeah. emails better than me. Nobody can oh, yeah. build a web better like, than so. me. Because we're like, <laughs> yeah, we're we're the bomb, right? Yeah. And the truth is, if you have the right person, not only can they do it better than you, they can do it faster than you, you know. And, and when you start delegating, you kind of start getting that stuff off your plate. It, it just becomes so freeing. And it becomes almost addicting. You know, but yeah, yeah like I, I, I can take it, I can build a sales page and then I can send it to my designer and say, make this look better. And, and I get like a whole right. brand new sales page that just kicks ass and mine totally sucked. Yeah. Right. You know, so I, you just have to kind of learn. But then the other thing you need to think about is, okay, is writing this email, it's going to take me an hour to write this email series. I can pay somebody $30 an hour to write this email series for me, whereas I could take that hour and make $150 coaching. You know, so you have to kind of think of that, that monetary trade-off as well. Or, or I can spend this hour writing this email, or I can give it over to my copywriter and let them do what they're actually supposed to do. And I can take that hour and go mm-hmm. play with my kids. You know, yeah. So what is the trade-off if you delegate yeah. and pay somebody to, to do what they do best? you know, and let you do what you do best. Yeah. Let's see, you get to a point where I think you start questioning what you do best, which uh-huh. I never thought I would question. Uh-huh. And maybe, maybe you've been there too, where you just like, what, 
what am I good at again? Like, why am I here? Like, what do I do? Well, you just get your, your business changes and evolves Uh and you change and evolve. Uh And you, one thing you loved doing a year ago, all of a sudden becomes the thing you resent. And so you have to adjust. And so I don't know. It's well, and I think for us, like literally it, the conversation should be, should I spend the hour writing that email or should I go live on our Facebook page to like interact and engage with our people and basically do the verbal version of mm-hmm. that email. But with me being present as a face of our business, like would that do more? And then our VA can write that email and send it. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Clearly we're still questioning every decision <laughs> we ever make. And so it's fine. I, think it, I think it's just kind of something that never kind of goes away. Right. You know, as an entrepreneur, you're always going to kind of question, is this something that I, I really should be doing? Or, you know, is this something I can hand off? And, and you know, a lot of yeah. these things, like I, I used to have problems with the things that like literally took two or three minutes or five minutes to do. It, was like, oh, well, yeah. it, it would take me longer to explain to somebody how to do this than for me to just uh, do yeah. it. Yes. But yeah. you get a whole bunch of those and those things add up, right? Yeah. So I I just finally one time I, I sat down and I just... As I was doing the task, I, it, you know, it took me longer. It took me probably more like 20 minutes to get it done. But I wrote out step-by-step instructions with screenshots as I was doing it. Bam, I did that once. Now I can pass that off to somebody else and I have all that extra time, you know. Mm-hmm. Or another mm-hmm. thing is to just videotape yourself while you're watching it, you know, get snagged or, or whatever and, and just videotape and talk the instructions through. You can send that off to a VA and say, here you go. This is how you send out my newsletter. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. See, you guys, it's just so nice when other people say the exact things I've told you before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're just reiterating how smart we are. So thank you. Go. <laughs> no, seriously, that's awesome. I totally 100% agree with what you just said. I think it's so smart. And most people don't do it enough if at all. Mm-hmm. And we need to spend way more time investing in creating those systems and processes so they can be handed off. So they're, so you quit stressing out about them. Cause like you said, yeah. And the other, the other thing you can do is, you know, hand the task to somebody and have them create the standard operating procedure as they're doing the task. You know, the first time it might take them an extra hour or so that you're paying them for. But after that, now you have this process. If they disappear, they get sick or whatever. You have the step-by-step instructions. You can, you can send to somebody else and say, here, go do this. You know? So it's, it's crucial to have those processes in your business. Processes and systems are sexy guys. They are. They really (laughs) are. Okay, so let's head into our talk strategy to me because I think that that was like super helpful in getting some clarity on some some things for some peeps. So I want to hear, especially for our VA people who like we hardly ever talk to because we don't know anything, <laughs> give us some strategy that people can take and use for the next month of if they're like, okay, I've been kind of dabbling of like, let me do some VA work for some people to maybe try to leave my full-time job or try to leave my part-time job or just bring some extra income when they are home with the kids. What are some steps that they can use to put in place over the next 30 days to like get started off on the right foot? Mm. Um, Okay. So the first thing is you you really need to sit down and think about and write down what are the skills that you have? You know, think about all the jobs that you've done in the past, everything you've done, what have you done and what in those 
with those skills is marketable. Okay, so I was a cashier and I did this and I did that and I was a you know operations manager for a store and so okay, bam, I'm strong in customer care. That's a big package mm-hmm. right there, and that's a need that people have is customer care. So that's you know that's a, a marketable skill. Or I have been project manager for all these huge projects and and you know help create this, that, and the other thing. Oh, bam, there's another skill you have, right? So you need to figure out what in your in your history as marketable skills. And then also, you know, what do you like to do? What are the kinds of things that you like to do? Do you really like managing somebody's email and their schedule and helping them get organized? You know, is that something that you're in, incredibly good at? Do you have color-coded spreadsheets and, you know, things like that? So if you do, call me because I know I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm saying not that person. Um, you know, but... You know, so you got to figure out, you know, what are these skills that you can you can really market to get going, and then how how are you going to charge for them, right? So the standard model is dollar per hour, and and that's okay, that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I did it for years. I am now in the in the point where I teach people how to create high end packages or you know just packages in general. So, you know, I, I always use gatekeeper package as an example for people who are just coming into the business and they usually have the admin skills and they do the email and that kind of stuff. I call it a gatekeeper package. You know, you create this package and for X dollars a month, you will manage their, their email, their schedules, whatever it is that you put in your package. And it doesn't matter if you work two hours a month or 10 hours a month or whatever. It, you know, some months are busier and some months are slower and it balances out in the end. But it's that way you're not trading dollar per hour. So you actually end up making more money for one thing, mm-hmm. it's a pain in the butt to track your time for every little tiny thing you do. I, I, I've given away so much money and time because I, I suck at tracking my time. So packages for well, me I feel like sense. When you charge for the hour, the, not for everyone, obviously, but I also feel like you attract a certain type of client that's like, get this task done really quickly so I can only pay you for like a half an hour. Exactly. Which is janky. Exactly. And And yeah, so, you know, try and really kind of create these packages because you will make more money that way. But then you also also have to figure out, okay, well, how am I different than everybody else? There are, the market is saturated with low end, low priced VAs. How am I different from these people? Even though I'm brand new to the industry, I'm just getting started. How can I make myself and position myself differently? So you've got to figure out that unique selling proposition and figure out how you're different. I think it was Bill Barron who said, there's less competition at the higher end of the scale than at the lower end of the scale, right? So all the competition is at the low end of of the scale. So if you're coming in and you're charging 20, 25 bucks an hour, so is everybody else. So figure out those skills that you can start charging higher rates for quickly. Invest in yourself, you know, read up on, on whatever, on skills, on business, on how to do funnels, on how to do the technical stuff. You know, you've got to start investing in yourself right away and start teaching yourself how to do other things that are mm-hmm. higher, higher dollar, higher marketable things that you can, you can really start getting those bigger clients for. You don't have to spend a whole ton of money like we talked about earlier. There's a lot of free courses, a lot of free webinars, articles, blogs. You spend every spare moment you can Mm-hmm. improving yourself, improving your skills. That's what I had to do in order to get to where I am today. I have to, and I still do, constantly Im- improving my skills and, and my knowledge. You know, so you, you have to do that. And then again, get out and just start telling everybody. Telling everybody you know what it is that you're doing, who you help, how you can help them, what pain points you solve. You know, you can, and 
you know, knowing who your who your ideal client is, is is really crucial. But in the beginning, it's also very, very hard to figure that out because you probably don't know who your ideal client is. Mm-hmm. But if you can figure that out, so maybe you have a real estate background. Well, bam, your ideal client is real estate people, right? Or you have a paralegal background. Great. You can go after these solo lawyers who need help. So if you can figure out that that ideal client in the beginning, that is perfect. But, you know, just again, just telling everybody who it is that you're looking for what it is that you're going to do for them and knowing those pain points. And that's, that's, again, that's where I was going with the ideal client thing is when you know who your ideal client is, you know what their pain points are, you know, what keeps them up at night, you know what they want and, and where they want to go. And you can speak to that. Your, your website, everything you do is going to speak to that. So, you know, for the first 30 days, again, you just, you got to figure out what it is that you really can do that you can market, start improving your skill set and everything immediately don't wait, just start jumping in, taking courses, whatever you can do. And then just start telling the world what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, Yay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Tracy, tell us where people can hang out with you online. Oh, gosh. So I'm everywhere. My website is tracy-osborne.com. Uh, T-R-A-C-E-Y-O-S-B-O-R-N-E. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I have my own virtual assistant group, a virtual professional mastermind. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Awesome. awesome. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.